0: Hi everyone, and welcome to the RegTech Report, your update on all things RegTech. My name is Carl Viertel, and with me is Stefan Solistio. Our mission is to bring you the latest news, speak with industry pioneers, and muse about the latest tech. <laughs> all right, uh, welcome back, everyone. Hello there. How's it going, Stefan? <laughs> Excellent. Back in the studio. Absolutely. He. Um, yeah, um, we've got a couple uh, exciting things to talk about today. Um, we wanted to start out with uh, continuous controls, then um, obviously talk about why the uh, eastern seaboard is uh, strapped for uh, for fuel these days, um, and uh, we've uh, also got a, a few cool news items. So um, awesome! Yeah, maybe uh, on the continuous controls front, it's a um, it's an interesting one because theoretically, it's where or The dream where everything started, so to speak.
1: Is this the thing where you, you know, I want to install it and then it just solves all my compliance problems? Yeah, it's
0: the, you press the button and then you become compliant. Oh, that's that's what I want. Why can't I buy that? Yeah, so I mean, obviously the dream. is that you move away from a uh, periodic view on controls and uh, essentially just move on to a real-time insight in the current maturity of uh, any given control in the enterprise or in the internal control system. But I'd say between that um, higher ambition and uh, reality, there's uh, a, a bit of a gap, I'd say.
1: Yeah, it's. Uh, I guess it all comes down to where do you get the data from, right? Because that's that's actually not easy for, for a bunch of controls, depending on what it is. Some might be easier if it's... a like based on some kind of system where you can collect some kind of log files or something like that
0: yeah um, I mean um, we actually had a, a fairly interesting conversation with an old Deloitte friend mm-hmm. last night around that topic right mm-hmm. where the you know one of the questions is uh, what are you more concerned about right completeness or um, efficiency and uh, accuracy of testing
1: yeah and uh, that's what he said right that that was the the, the letter was the big driver because um, I mean to be honest in a lot of Organizations is a huge effort driver, especially on the auditing and testing side, to collect all that stuff and remind everybody else, especially on first, uh, first line of defense, that they should be doing this because this is not part <laughs> of their normal, let's say, uh, preferred activities. Usually, <laughs> yeah. and then you might end up in a in a way where all oh, the auditors are coming, and then you need to kind of back document the stuff happening if that's even possible.
0: Yeah, I, ideally not, mm. but <laughs> I mean, I guess it. Um I think sometimes you might <clears throat> um, come to a point where you're you no longer necessarily have in focus that the core um, motivation for any kind of controls is to prevent fraud and ensure um, accuracy and and uh, appropriateness of processing right and sometimes I fear that with the ambition to automate and perfect and and, uh, uh, get 100% right, you might sort of lose track of that goal. So, I mean, I think um, some of the more uh, the smarter approaches are probably to you know apply the healthy eighty twenty rule and see yeah. how can I get to a control framework that is potentially eighty percent automated eighty percent coverage and gives me a broad view of um, my current level of compliance or my current maturity of my i c s across my organization and then sort of incrementally work on those remaining 20 percent yeah
1: true and uh, also to keep in mind there's it's not a black and white like not automated automated right i mean there's tons of shades of gray in between but yeah. maybe it's also enough to uh, like kind of achieve this eighty twenty there as well and basically augment the human human effort there
0: yeah i mean i i'd say that few people probably have or few organizations are probably at peak um Peak continuous controls, but on the other hand, I mean, if you were, wouldn't you ask yourself, are we really spending money and time on the right things?
1: Yeah, yeah, maybe it's it is the classic risk um, risk management aspect, right? Is it is the mitigation more expensive than the actual risk? And that's true. Well, uh, it could be that it's it's way too too hard to actually uh, implement something like that. But where it makes sense, uh, you could also um, not just. Um, Decrease your effort, but you could increase also your, your risk position because if you have more assurance of uh, the control having worked the entire time and not just at uh, like once a year or something <laughs> like that, that's usually also
0: better. Yeah, agreed. Um. Maybe we uh, talk a little bit about um, uh, the fuel supplies on the eastern seaboard.
1: And could that have been prevented by continuous controls? Uh,
0: That's actually a very good good question. Yeah, so, I mean, um, honestly, I didn't follow this in that much uh, depth, but maybe, Stefan, you could give us sort of a rundown. I have to
1: admit I also have, um, um, like, dangerous half-knowledge because I read some, like, you know, the, the titles and so on, but always in death. But it seems what happened is basically it's like one of those re- standard ransomware attacks, right? I mean, these things happen now every day, everywhere. It becomes maybe a bit more newsworthy if it's critical infrastructure like this. Um, but what really made the news is that they basically shut down the whole pipeline. And uh, this is a major pipeline to support the entire Eastern seaboard of the U.S. with gasoline. I don't know what gasoline is, by the way. I, I, this is dinosaur no, juice.
0: It, Stefan, it's like a charging station, but liquid comes out. That can burst into flames at any time.
1: <laughs> that's strange. Why would anybody do that? <laughs> and I guess it every, like most of the stuff gets converted into heat.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, anyway, uh, we digress. But uh, apparently that's what happened. And, and then it created this kind of feedback Loop, maybe even psychological feedback loop. People heard about it, then they rushed to the gas station, fill up all their canisters, uh, reserve canisters, and that basically meant uh, supply, uh, demand far uh, went over the supply and prices shot up like crazy. Uh, so uh, that's, yeah. I guess, why everybody kind of noticed it. But the, the ransomware itself, what I heard, not sure if it's fully true. Is that the um, effect was only on the office IT and not on their. Like their not the uh, upper, OT. The OT, the, like, the industrial yeah. control systems. And um, they shut down everything out of precaution and maybe because they knew they were not like. If it's already in the office IT, then it's like maybe. A li- if they already knew that, then it's likely to jump over. Maybe it was prudent, maybe it was an overreaction. Yeah. Else, yeah.
0: I mean, I think two sort of uh, really current trends uh, come to fruition here. So one is um, the convergence of IT and OT in mm-hmm. a lot of production systems, right? Yeah. Where um, IT generally has reasonably controls, and then you all of a sudden, well, not all of a sudden, but you link them now to the OT and uh, create a more seamless view. And sort of the same concepts of controls that applied for IT don't really work for OT. So... As an example, right, multi-factor authentication to critical systems in IT, fair enough. Um, uh, Access to uh, OT ports and uh, on the actual hardware is, well, how high can you jump, uh, you know, how how high can you make the fence? Um, So I think that the convergence of those obviously led to, well, either cross-effects that were inadvertent or um, basically the... uh, Insufficient separation of disaster recovery or emergency response plans um to differentiate between i t and o t yeah.
1: and I'm wondering if it even maybe was um increased risk because of the covid uh home office situation where maybe some engineers needed remote access where maybe before it wasn't there and they just quickly opened something uh, um, maybe maybe this is all contributing to the situation and it's it's going to be more it's yeah. going to be more of this integration I was just remembering even this um Advertising from Boston Dynamics, the Spot Robotoc, <laughs> yeah. which is targeted at like industrial operators, right? And um, to like have a remote control of some, you know, you can read out the valve in the in the factory from your home. That's what they put in, <laughs> yeah.
0: in, the, in the advertising. <laughs> and I guess sort of the second big element that uh, is surprising for me is that we all just sort of went through the most disruptive um adverse event in, well, modern uh, business, right, mm. with the pandemic. And it seems like, as we discussed many times in this pod, right, mm. most people actually came away reasonably, reasonably unscathed, right? So you would think everyone sort of at their top of their game and, you know, everyone involved in operational resilience is riding high. And then something as seemingly um, well, problematic as... Overreacting and shutting down a pipeline because your uh, office IT was uh, ransom attacked just seems out of fallen out of time, to be honest.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, it is a strange thing, but uh, on the other end, um, maybe this uh, this being so newsworthy serves again to put it into
0: people's like conscious uh, attention. True. True. Um. Maybe just uh, a little bit of uh, news because we do have actually a few exciting things, and I did want to start on one element uh, that sort of uh, takes us back to uh, last um, to our last pod, which is around ESG. Um, so uh, there, I don't know if you saw this come through. There were a few um, claims of basically forced labor in Apple supply chain, and uh, you know, obviously Apple always being very very vocal about their uh, sustainability targets, but. Um, the interesting thing for me is, um, you know, we talked about megatrends last time and how it's more than just, well, in air quotes, just uh, yeah. the environment. But, I mean, this is very much not an environmental issue, and yet it's the one that's making um, uh, making quite a bit of uh, news and, you know, creating quite a bit of uh, challenges for Apple. So uh, I, I actually thought that was... Um, that was kind of interesting.
1: Uh, yeah, I wonder also about the timing of these things. I just saw it yesterday. I just uh, saw it also in the German news yeah, on and, and some um, news websites that um, there's this uh, also ESG-type law here that was passed, I think, in February and not yet active, the Lieferkettengesetz, uh, for <laughs> all the German speakers out here, the supply chain law. Um, and basically the news in a, in a number of different outlets was the German uh, automotive industry might have a problem with the Chinese partners operating in certain areas because maybe there's some human rights uh, problems huh? <laughs> <laughs> and that they would have to uh, cancel or end the corporation. So uh, I wonder why that came out yesterday. Uh, I don't know what, uh, yeah. uh, why that was, was suddenly so top of mind.
0: And then uh, uh, to all the uh, boomers out there, the WhatsApp end-user agreement <laughs> uh, is now live. S-
1: now, literally <laughs> speaking about boomers, I got a question about. I was visiting my parents on the weekend.
0: Yeah, and the same, same year. My 71 year old mother <laughs> asked me about it. So, Stefan, what about this WhatsApp thing? Yeah, yeah. Because all my friends are talking about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, our opinion from
1: the episode <laughs> whenever we talked about it, but it's. I think they're so. But there's some you know you can have a valid discussion about this, but there's now so much also misinformation and like this irrational fear about the whole thing that it's uh
0: well, I heard if you, um, I got a picture, and if you share that picture, then it means that you don't accept the end user agreement. That
1: was, you know, f- that, <laughs> that's on Facebook, but since it's basically oh, the same, it then work co- oh, works. Okay,
0: okay, yeah, good. Yeah. I mean, the the one question that I do have is why is there so much of a stink um, for this specific update? I mean, it's not like it doesn't happen every now and then that you update terms. Yeah, of- yeah, and
1: like we were suspecting the last time we were talking about it, like, like they were. I guess they were kind of doing it already. Yeah, but now it's yeah. I mean, visible. it's
0: sort of opting in for. Uh, yeah for certain advertisings, but I mean to be look it's the internet yeah. if the product is for free you are the product yeah. I mean how, who has not understood that by now
1: yeah I guess maybe maybe people became more aware of the whole end-to-end encryption thing and um, this was introduced in WhatsApp a while ago the Signal protocol even like everybody was migrating to Signal that's basically the same technology in there um, so um, maybe uh, it's just more awareness a couple of years ago nobody cared about this and some people still don't because bunch of people like my now going to the telegram messenger which um, doesn't have end-to-end encryption <laughs> at, or at least not in the public chats so um, yeah it's um, I don't know maybe that's just again one of these things that uh, some of the attention was created and, uh, overall for the topic which is maybe good uh, that people um, yeah um, um, deal with these things and think about it and now the the, the trigger was uh, and that was maybe also from Facebook a uh, not a good way to handle the communication of how they wanted to do like put this in, even though objectively is quite harmless uh, what the yeah. changes. In the, in the, I mean, said, I know.
0: think you do make a good point, right? So one is it is the I'd say maybe fallout from increased privacy awareness, mm. right? And second, Facebook is absolutely horrible at PR lately. Yeah. Like, they are just not doing a good job in, I mean, know your customer. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, the customers, the,
1: adver- uh, the advertising clients, with so.
0: Yeah. Uh, who is doing an amazing work at PR in sort of his own quirky way is uh, Elon and uh, single-handedly um, crushed Bitcoin yeah, <laughs> with the tweet. God damn it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now I have to move everything to Dogecoin, I guess. Yeah, Doge to the moon, dude. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Literally. Yeah.
0: But, I mean, all, all joking aside, um, I'd say that it might have been a relevant reference point for people that, um, you know, who do you rather want your investment based on? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, someone like back in the day, Alan Greenspan, um, you know, saying some... Uh, economically-minded, intelligent things yeah. or um, Elon tweeting, right? I mean, Yeah,
1: and uh, he is definitely um, influencing markets like that. I mean, he already got the SEC thing, like the slap on the wrist for some Tesla things right in the past. But yeah. uh, nobody can prevent him doing that for cryptocurrencies at the moment, so... Yeah, yeah
0: it's, a, it's certainly, a, I mean, it, it's great memes and all the rest yeah. of it, but I do think it's actually a fundamentally interesting data point for sort of crypto as a Currency, right? Oh, and then uh, some news out of Germany that I thought was very interesting. Um, So we know that N26, um, the uh, uh, online digital bank uh, here in Germany that claims to have more customers than, uh, uh, I think, Deutsche Bank or something. Yeah, millions. Um, Uh, I don't know. Um, Who who knows
1: how many are actually active?
0: And so they've been certainly in the scrutiny of uh, the German regulator Bafin, and uh, Bafin has been surprisingly public about they're how they're not pleased of uh the operations, and now they got their little watchdog from Baffin by their side
1: yeah it's it's a sign of you know, really becoming a real bank, but because what other bank hasn't had that at some time <laughs> some point in time uh,
0: well well to be honest, I'm not sure that that n twenty six has been or uh, mm-hmm. that Baffin has been that vocal uh for other mm-hmm. banks um I think they are more so with n twenty six but you know I, Look, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe for a good reason. Maybe not. I'm obviously not in the well, details for, there. For,
1: for sure, they they are um, in their risk evaluation. They also see it as an increasing risk because they, the the topics, especially about um, um, anti-money lo- money laundering, like insufficient AML practices, basically. Yep. That is not a new thing. That's been basically since the beginning. And is if you think about it, uh, if you have an organization that's very much focused on growth and acquiring new users, new customers at like any price, basically um at any cost then that is um something that in the in the trade off of their own risk uh, evaluation probably was a bit lower huh? yeah and um that was i guess no i, I remember even this netflix show this uh with the teenagers sell drugs Oh, uh, yeah I have to sell drugs yeah, online fast they they even okay. like they don't name them by name, but it was pretty clear <laughs> that they're talking about like opening a bank account, like in one of the new banks, uh, um, for for their own little money laundering thing. So um, yeah, it's it's a thing.
0: Should we do a um, uh, a top three? Yeah,
1: let's do it. Hey, hey, oh, yeah. top three, 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 three. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: the top three so i was thinking um we could do the top three things you do when you get vaccinated
1: yeah it's such a timely top three because we all we both just got it last mm-hmm. week for the shot, right? so, so
0: uh what's uh, what's the first thing you do the first
1: thing you know because um because i got biontech and you need to have the second shot um and normally i think it's the the normal recommendation of three weeks But now they're stretching it out here to six weeks. So now I'm starting to plot on how to get the (laughs) one faster. So I'm getting the privileges faster.
0: Yeah. So for me, the first thing is uh, bragging about my uh, superior vaccination, because, of course, I also got BioNTech and not, you know, like the uh, Mm -hmm. basically the the dirty crack heroin mixture (laughs) of AstraZeneca.
1: (laughs) Well, like, you know, the others that are out there.
0: Others, yeah, who knows? Aspirin or whatever. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I also need to prioritize on where I'm, um, where I'm a shareholder, of course. <laughs> so
0: uh, that also fits. Second thing you do?
1: Yeah, second one, um, similar to yours, like um, just in general, you know, to rub people, people's faces in it. That uh, you know, yeah, you know, like just to show your superiority. Ah, yeah, you know, I already got it. Mm-hmm. You know, why, are you, why didn't you get it? What's wrong with you? Hmm? Well,
0: that's actually my second thing, which is fielding questions about um, what underlying condition you might have had to get prioritized. (laughs) But for me, it was just savviness in booking. (laughs) (laughs) Which is, I guess,
1: also like, you know, you're like critical. It's like a critical skill. for Clearly.
0: Um, The number one thing you do.
1: Number one, yeah. Um, so um, in parallel, yeah, um, here um, the restaurants, beer gardens, and so on are reopening, and of course you also have some advantages while vaccinated. So and um, um, of course a very traditional German or even Bavarian thing is just to go to s randoms- random people, and drink their beer from their glasses. Mm. It's like, called a <laughs> Norga Morga. Mm, klar. No, Klara Norga Safa. Yeah. <laughs> or at least that's what they call it in, uh, at Oktoberfest, people who want to be cheap. No, it's a joke. Of course, don't do that. It's disgusting. <laughs> There's no vaccination no, against that. <laughs> no, I think everybody has, like, at Oktoberfest, everybody has observed, like, some some person doing that somewhere. <laughs> and it's <blah. laughs>
0: Well, uh, my number one thing, and, look, medical professionals don't, um, you know, they know this, but they don't spread it very much because everyone in the medical community knows that the vaccination only works if you post it on social media. Oh yeah, right. before that, it's just it's useless.
1: Yeah, it's called an Impfi. I, I heard impf- Impfen is uh German for uh, vaccine or um
0: vaccination. Vaccination.
1: And an Impfi is like a selfie well, with like your a, of your yeah. Yeah, and showing like your, the um basically the band aid. Um that's an Impfi. Yeah.
0: And, so and an Influencer then. Influent. nice. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, all you guys and girls getting uh, vaccinated out there, make sure to post it on social media to make it work.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, a couple of days after
0: the post, and
1: the the uh, antibodies really go up. That's scientifically proven.
0: E- each heart on Insta. Um, oh is yeah, yeah, d- yeah. Right, count. it depends on the engagement, on you know, the <laughs> likes, and
1: on uh, like how many people are uh, like reacting. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it needs everyone. to be viral on social media you
0: know? alright really. now I think we've um, gone into the dad joke <laughs> segment of the podcast and I think that is a perfect time to end this podcast everyone it's been a pleasure and we look forward to catching up soon take care Bye bye. thanks for listening let's continue the conversation on twitter follow our dedicated podcast handle at the regtech rep make sure to rate this podcast and send your thoughts and comments to the regtech report at align.com once again, that's the RegTech Report at ALYNE.com. You can also follow Align on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Twitter, or catch up on our podcasts on Align.com slash TheRegTechReport.